the uh, comment. Okay, uh, Rabbi Isai, it's great to participate. Unfortunately, Baruch Hashem, I'm feeling well, but I'm not able to be in attendance in person. But uh, I just wanted to give a quick introduction to Rabbi Berkowitz from uh, <clears throat> Scotts Hill in Baltimore. You know, nepotism gets pretty bad rap. And uh, usually it's for good reason, because sometimes people make cheshbonis, uh, not based on the person's talent or abilities, but based on the person's blood relation or any other kind of relation. But nepotism is something which we find in the Torah, something which is, as Ramatisio Salman says, a very good thing. And in the case of my brother, Rabbi Michoel Berkowitz, who um, this is, he has the record for how many times he participated in the Musravad. It's not because of nepotism, as you are all aware. It is because of the pearls of wisdom. And um, I guess you could just say it's fun um, because Torah is, Torah is and something which is supposed to be enjoyable. And my brother has the keen ability of doing so and making us feel young again. Without further ado, I turn over the mic to Rabbi Berkowitz. Thank you very much, Rabbi Berkowitz, for your kind words. First of all, I'd like to be able to see the St. Louis Kylo in large, not my brother. How do I make that happen? Pin? Okay, here we go. So first of all, where is Benjamin Tager's team? Okay, just making sure. Not taking attendance on everybody. I want to make sure, noticing that you're all the way in the back of the room. There's no exit strategy, my friend. We're looking forward to seeing you all the way to the end. Okay, so Rabbi Berkowitz, you asked me to do it, and I, I made the same commitment that I make every time, and that is, I'll do it, but I will not prepare. I refuse to have the stress of trying to copy my brother trying to impress my brother, it's over. So no preparation. However, I don't know if you remember, Rabbi Yaakov, the daf, the daf did daf hey yesterday. Gemara Rosh Hashanah. And my favorite vart that I think I ever heard was one that you shared, I'm sure, with this crowd because you shared it with me. And it's the best vart, yeah, Rabbi Berkowitz. I said it over to at least five or six people. Do you know which vart I'm referring to, Rabbi Berkowitz? Unfortunately, no. I'm sure the rest of the crowd knows it. Should I share it again or the Ayla remembers? Not if you remember the Vart. You never told them? I should save it for you for another they, time? They, they, they've, they've heard it numerous times. I'm going to leave it. Okay. A boy in my class asked me tonight, a few hours ago by Mishmar, we're learning Parshas. Here, come in and grab a seat. Oh, my goodness. My Menahel in yeshiva tried that on me. He opened up my door, peeks into my classroom. I said, I'm sorry. There's no just peeking in. If you come, you're staying for the full 45 minutes. He hasn't showed up again. It's been fantastic. Anyway, so listen to what happened. A boy says to me tonight, Rebbe, I don't understand. You know, we call it a test of Avram Avinu, the 10 tests. Hashem says to him, Lech lecha, arzacha, lecha, Hashem told him to go. What's the big deal? If Hashem would tell me to do something, I would do it. And he's like waiting, like with, it's a bomb question. I said, oh yeah? Let me ask you. The last time you didn't like your mother's supper and Hashem told you, you, 
Hashem told you, what was your reaction? He says, I guess you're right. You know, sometimes we have to remember that the Torah is talking to each and every one of us. And I had the following question, and it was really a question that a boy asked me three years ago in class. He said, Hashem knows everything. Hashem knows what we're going to do. So he said, if you know what we're going to write on a test, Rebbe, does that mean you're, you're going to give us the test anyway, so we should have to write it out? I said, no, if I know exactly what you're going to write, I wouldn't give you a test. He says, so then why does Hashem give a test? Give 10 tests to Avram Avinu. What's the point of the test if Hashem knows exactly what's going to happen? Okay, let's turn it over to the crowd. Please unmute yourselves. Rabbi Berkowitz, could un unmute. I'd like to hear some Terutzim. Are you able to unmute or only I could? Me? Okay, hold on. I see that there are some people who have good answers. Hold on. Unmuted. Should I ask the question again? I'm, I'm the slow track. I'll ask it one more time. If Hashem knows what's going to happen, Hashem knows exactly what's going to happen, then what's the point of the test? Ten tests when Hashem knows whether Avram's going to pass or not? And I guess the same question we could ask, why does Hashem test us? Not for Hashem, it's for the person. Whoa, 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 speak up. It's not for Hashem, it's for the person. What does that mean? The test does something to the person that changes that. Ch What's your name? Daniel. 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 So when I was a little boy, before Rabbi Berkowitz from St. Louis was born, I was signed up for a pottery class. It was not just to paint the pottery. It was to actually make pottery. So what we did was we had this like Play-Doh type of consistency and we formed it into a cup. And I made this really cool mug and I was going to bring it over to this really hot fire. I don't know if they call it a kiln by the, by the, uh, by the pottery place, but it's a really, really hot fire. And I'm bringing it over to the oven and there's a lady there that's going to be taking it and putting it in. And as I'm walking closer, I suddenly hear this little like squeaky voice. Don't put me in there. And it's my cup. And I said, what? He says, I can handle the heat, but don't put me in there. I said, are you kidding me? No, seriously, it's so hot, such a pain. Don't put me in there. So I trusted this little cup and I put the cup into my pocket and I brought it home. And when I took it out of my pocket, it was this mush, disgusting little, I don't know, it wasn't a cup anymore. Zuck Daniel. The reason why the Rebbeinah gives Avram Avinu tests is not to see if he'll pass. It's not to see if he's going to pass, but it's rather to help him grow. So many times, so many times we're faced with challenges and we think it's the Rebbeinah putting a roadblock, putting a stumbling block in front of us. And the truth is it is. It is. Because any good obstacle course, if a guy wants to become an Olympic trained professional, he knows he needs to have challenges in order to become that. And we can be sure that we have grown when our stumbling blocks become stepping stones. Whoa, let me say that one more time. We can be sure that we have grown when our stumbling blocks, things that hold us back, things that are challenges, 
become stepping stones, become ways to get taller, get bigger, get higher. You know, we sometimes have someone who lives next door to us. Or, you know, I live in a small community. I have 25 families. There's 25 from families in my community. You think you have a small community in St. Louis. It's huge relative to where I live. And sometimes when we're living in close proximity, so people rub us the wrong way and we can't get away. There's only one minion where I live. There's one school where I live. There's one, there's one of everything and there's no getting away. So sometimes a person could say, I don't know, I, I have to get away from this person who's bothering me and get on with my life. I got to get away from this person who's annoying me and go accomplish. And what we have to realize is that person, that situation, that challenge is not to get away to get on with your life. That is your life. That's where the Rabbi Islam put you to test your patience, to test your ability to see someone else's milos, to see someone else's things that they bring to the table. You know, you have in every, I always think to myself, in my shul, there's a guy, when he gets chamishi, he's flying. Chamishi is like one of those aliyahs that's not major chashiv, but he gets chamishi. He's making a mishaberach for every person in the shul. That's why they don't give it so often, because it's like a 45-minute mishaberach for, uh, you know, matana ba'ad hayeshiva. You know, Matana's code word for five bucks. So it's a 45-minute situation where it, but he's so excited. He got Hamishi. He's so excited. He got an Aliyah. And then you have other people who, if they don't get Shlishi, are bent out of shape. The difference is the expectation. The difference is how much they feel like they deserve. So sometimes the challenge is, being able to look at everything we get, everything we have, all the situations we're in with an eye in Tova, with a good eye. I'm going to share with you a, a, a unbelievable thought that I heard from my father-in-law. It's a pasuk that I read many, many times. And I don't know if I ever realized the redundancy. In Perak Tezvav, pasuk, let's see, Perak Tezvav, pasuk, hey, it is. Hashem is telling Avram Avinu about the fact that his offspring is going to be incredible, incredible numbers. He took him outside. And he said, Look to the sky. And count the stars. If you're able to count them. So will be your children. And I read the Pasuk, and my father-in-law said to me many years ago that there's something extra in the Pasuk, and I think I still had a hard time finding it. But if you read it slowly, you realize Hashem said to him, go outside to the sky, count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, so will be your children. So he asked me, why the extra? And he said to him. So he said something so insightful. He said, when Hashem told Avram Avinu, he took him outside. He said, try counting the stars. And Avram Avinu said, one, two, three. Now there's a lot of stars out there. There's a lot of stars. And Avram Avinu is counting the stars. It's impossible. Zokt the Rabbani Shalaylam. Hashem said to him, He's not just saying, 
your offspring will be countless like the stars. The same way I told you to count it. It's impossible. And there you are counting them. So will be your offspring. So many times things happen and we say, Hashem, what are we supposed to do? It's impossible. But the Rabbi Hashem says to Avram Avinu, Avram, your offspring will do things that are really impossible. They'll talk do what you're doing. So will be your offspring. Doing things that are impossible. Doing things that don't make any sense. Today, by lunch, my Manal shared with us, I was eating lunch on his table, and he told me over a shmooze from Yerucham Lavavitz. I don't know how many years ago that is. Must be over 80 years ago. And Rabbi Yerucham said, you know, many years ago, I guess he's going 150 years ago, 200 years ago, you have people who could sit and learn and they could learn much more than we do, says Rabbi Yerucham. But we get much more schar. He said, Abacher, this is going back 80 years ago, gets much more schar, even if they're learning less, because the world is so full of darkness, says Rabbi Yerucham, and this is in 1930. In uh, 100 years ago, he says, there was so much more R, so much more light. So to learn was much easier. I look around. I look around at Kalal Yisrael today. I think about the fact that in America, and I don't know what's going on in the news. I don't have no idea. I haven't listened to the news in a long, long time. But I know from the last time I heard the news, we're pretty in a pretty surrounded by darkness. The whole world is surrounded by darkness. I walked to the bathroom today in school. They just redid the building. And I see that both bathrooms, the new bathrooms, there's no sign on the bathroom door. So I asked the maintenance guy, I say, you know, maybe it's Kadai to put up a sign on the door because I see a lot of the Talmudim going into the wrong bathroom, my mistake, the female bathroom. And he says to me, yeah, it's a whole hack. I said, it's a what? He said, it's a whole hack. We have to get... We have to figure out which signs we could put up on the bathrooms. I said, Rabbi Shalom, are you serious? He says, yeah, you know, to get certain funding, it has to be whatever. I said, well, today I'm identifying like a llama. Could we get a separate bathroom for all the llamas in the building? And it's, it's bizarre. And to have people in, looking around and you have, and can I know a, a fresh face Kylo in, 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 a, in a city, in, in, in mainstream America, Midwest America, where who knows what's going on out there and to have people who are sitting and learning people. Yeah, Rabbi Yaakov, you see the light. I don't know if your screen shows the light in the room. Look at my room and look at the room I'm looking at. There's like a halo. Maybe they could see themselves. Do you see yourselves on the screen? You do. You see that halo on top of your heads? It's Kedusha. It's R. It's incredible. Now it's not. Yeah. It's on most of your heads. There's incredible, incredible R. There's incredible R. And I'm thinking to myself, it's, it's Lamalam in Ateva. But it comes from the fact that people, people did the impossible. That people said, we're going to bring a Kailo. We're going we're gonna to bring a, a new Kailo. We're going to bring a Hizchachos and a Chizuk. My bracha to you, Rabbi Isai, is the same bracha that the Rabbi Yishev told Aram Avinu. He said, he said, count the stars. Count the stars. It's not possible. So will be your offspring. 
when a person has a challenge, when a city has a challenge, when a, when a, when Klal Yisrael has a challenge, and they say, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to make it a shtadlus, we're going to do it, the Rabbi Yisrael does the rest. Rabbi Yaakov, do you want more time, or we're good to go? Good to go? All right, Yashakayach Rabbi, I thank you very much for listening. It's a chizuk. You can stay right there. Um, Rabbi, say have a good Shabbos. Thank you all for joining. Enjoy the challenge. Cult of Machal. Oh,